If one of the hardest things to figure out these days is what to watch next, first of all, congrats. Second of all, you should check out HBO Max. Discover something new to watch on HBO Max like Lovecraft Country, the new HBO series from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams that's got everyone buzzing. Plus, HBO Max is the only place you'll find new binge-worthy Max originals like Selena Gomez's new cooking show. You heard that right. Selena Gomez's Learning to Cook, from some of the world's best chefs, no less. Find your next favorite all in one place on HBO Max. Start streaming today. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Let's talk about your cell phone carrier. When you think about your plan, does what you're getting feel fair? When it comes to staying connected, don't settle. When you switch to U.S. Cellular, not only do you upgrade to fair, you're also joining a reliable network you can trust to have your back. No hidden requirements, no activation fees. Now that's fair. Learn more at uscellular.com. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who's pretty sure I know what the L word is, but in my spare time, I'm just a reporter and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about power change and the people you need to know around tech and beyond. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today, I'm in Los Angeles and we have a full house of amazing women from Showtime's The L Word, Generation Q. The series is a sequel to the original L Word, which ran from 2004 to 2009. Here in the studio, we have the show's executive Executive producer and writer Eileen Chaikin, and three of the stars, Jennifer Beals, who plays Bette Porter, Catherine Menig, who plays Shane McCutcheon, and Leisha Haley, who plays Alex Pizeki. Is it Pizeki? Well, it's Alice Pizeki. Pizeki. Alex Pizeki. You got my last name right, and you got oh, Alice's yeah. wrong. Yeah. I got yours right. But anyway, no, Alice is wrong, but I got your first name. Anyway, thank you so much for coming in. Just so people know, we have known each other for a long, long time, correct? Yeah. This is yep. forever. Finally, a long time. A yep. long time. We and met you when you, did the, when you did the L word originally. So I want to talk about a range of things, including way back when. And Jennifer's making faces at me, and she's kind of <laughs> knocked me off my game, but it's not <laughs> no, going to happen. I'm just enjoying being here with Elon everybody. Musk doesn't fuck with me, Jennifer, so <laughs> please keep careful. Um, so we're going to talk about a range of things, including before, but I want to go into the history of the L word. So I'd love to get, like, the the, the original one, because at the time, it, it was a very uh, groundbreaking show and and was on Showtime for the first time. It was a long series. It ran many, many seasons. Talk a little bit about the origins of the idea of it, because now series are the thing, like this idea of series, but it was one of the first that really pioneered that. Well, there were series. There were series, but I'm saying that it got the, the, no, no. But the way they've done it, the Sopranos, yeah, absolutely, all, all of these. I and I mean, series were not like the hip thing to do at the time. I wasn't looking to do a series. I never wanted to work in television back then. I was a movie writer, which was a much more respectable thing to do at the time. But I wanted to write about being gay. Weirdly, I don't know why, but I did. It was, mm-hmm. you know, by life experience. And I had written all kinds of things that never touched on it. And I had this idea, and I had young children at the time. I think I have twin girls, and I think they were two years old. They're now 24. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a little bit of a kind of framework. Um, I couldn't sell a project, either to the movies or to television, about the experience of being a lesbian. Um, network television, you're talking about. Network yeah. to anywhere. Right. I mean, network television was pretty much almost the only television. I mean, Showtime and HBO, they both were just starting. But anyway, I wound up selling it to Los Angeles Magazine, of all 
places. And I wrote an article for Los Angeles Magazine about the the gay and lesbian baby boom mm-hmm. in L.A. Which is called Gaby, right? This is the Gaby boom, mm-hmm. yeah. And... It wound up on the cover of LA Magazine back then. It, was, it wasn't even 2000 yet, but it didn't kill the urge. I found out that I liked writing about being gay, mm-hmm. about gay experience, about LGBTQ people. I felt like there was more to say. And so I took the article into Showtime where I had just written a movie. And I said, what about doing something about this? And I said, you know, I don't know much about television series, but maybe a television series. And I kind of got laughed out of the room. But then some months later, they came back to me and said, you know what? Let's try it. That's and this was HBO was already starting to do this, and Showtime was trying to find a, an edge into the— into Yeah. The- I mean, Showtime was trying to define what a Showtime series was, and it was something that you couldn't find elsewhere, certainly not on broadcast television. And they were doing Queer as Folk, and they thought they should maybe do the— distaff companion piece. Right. And uh, Jennifer, you were doing, uh, you, all of you three, I want to tell, sort of, when you were thinking of Hollywood at this point, it wasn't, this wasn't the the place, the 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 top place, I would say, or not, or maybe it was. What do you mean it wasn't going to place. Going to do a series like this. What did you think when you were doing it? For me, I do, I've always followed the story. It doesn't matter where it is. You fo- For me, I follow the story and the people with whom I get to experience that story. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't have it. You were like, this is interesting, and I like this, yeah, too. Yeah, at the time, I was offered two shows right. um, simultaneously from Showtime. What were they? What was the other one? One was a show called The Ranch mm-hmm. that was about— uh, A ranch? A ranch. Uh, prostitutes. No, prostitutes uh-huh. in Nevada. Oh, right. Okay. And then the other was The L Word. So it was, Jennifer, do you want to play a whore or a lesbian? Right. <laughs> or a mix. <laughs> and you guys were sort of, young, you were young actors. Did you, it was just, here's a job, this is great? Or did you think it would be this groundbreaking? Kate, I, start. I, I lived in New York when, uh, I feel like I've told that this story a hundred right. times, right. but for the hundred and first, um, I, I, I was living in New York and I got sent the pilot and my manager said, you should have a look at this. She's like, but it's called Earthlings. Right, that's right. <laughs> yes, and that's I was like, right. what the hell is Earthlings? <laughs> I don't like science fiction. It's not my thing. And then, you know, after a few pages, I was like, okay, I was completely wrong. The title was misleading. And um, typical Fluetta to L.A. tested for it. That's where I met Leisha. Because yep. she uh, tested for Shane as well. Mm-hmm. I did. And I mean, I should have gotten it, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, we, it was neck and neck, though, wasn't it? We were. It was. It was tight. neck and neck, and we were the only two testing. And uh-huh. um, I got Whoa. the I got the job, and I wondered after I got the job, I thought I said, I wonder if that cute blonde girl is going to be on the show. I really uh-huh. liked her. And yeah. when, when I flew in to your pocket. Vancouver, and and walked into the production office, you were the first person I saw. But yeah. basically, we created Alice for Leisha. Oh, you That's did. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Why didn't she get the Shane role? Just curious. I had a great <laughs> twist on it. I what was I, it? I had a prop, <laughs> and which actually freaked Kate out when she saw me <laughs> at the audition. I had a comb in my back pocket, and I was going to kind of do like a fawn thing, like always, fawn. <laughs> just always have a comb ready to cut anybody's hair. <laughs> 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 really proud of that choice. It got I me far. Oh, but yeah, God. I was doing music. I was in a, a band that, you know, was pretty, like, defunct at that point. And I, the rumor mill in, around the lesbian world was that there was this show that was happening and I should go audition. So I called my music manager. I didn't have an agent or manager. And I was like, can you get me an audition? And then 
There you have it. There I have All right, it. The reason why I have this back is a lot of the listeners don't know how this happened. I know you've told the stories a million times, but it was a very different media environment then, too. Uh, it, it, was, it was just there was the networks which were dominating everyone things still. There was the shift towards cable. But there was no internet to speak of. There was no streaming. Uh, Netflix was very small. Um, and it was a very different way to think about being an actor and also a creator in in this environment. I, and then we're going to fast forward to today. What's the differences? But w- talk about that because you had no, there was no social media. One of the things I remember us all meeting, mm-hmm. I kept telling mm-hmm. you this Twitter thing was going to be big. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which and you all thought, oh, she's li- so wrong. You did. You all yeah. laughed in my face. We, yes. made, fun, we made fun like, of the name Twitter. Why couldn't we just uh, pick up the phone and call somebody? Yeah, I think you said that. What's right? Twitter? Email. You actually sat at my dining room table and created my Twitter account. Oh, did because I? I just thought it was stupid. I remember <laughs> something else you, you showed me once was the magnetic adapter to the iPads. Yeah, yeah. You, it was new, and you're like, there's this thing, so if you kick it off the table, it's going to, you know, it was a whole thing you were showing us. Oh, that's an exciting moment and in it, technology. it was. I wasn't around yet. Well, what I was trying to get through to you, because I, we, you don't also remember, but I did a, a thing at Sundance when I think we were there where oh, yeah. I had Reed Hastings, Chad Hurley, the head of YouTube, and others, and I was like, streaming's going to be it. It's going to be this thing. But talk about the media environment then for creators and actors. I'd love to sort of get your thoughts. Why don't we start with you guys? How It was just TV, was it, or movies? Or, some, or you hadn't thought of the elements that were about to change rather severely. I had done a TV series prior to this show, and that's when I, and I did a few films, but TV's what I understood more. Mm-hmm. Um, but TV was, was, you know, sort of the, the redhead stepkid in comparison to film at that time. And uh, it's certainly not what it is now. So there wasn't as much competition for roles even like right. there is now. Right. Or the amount of content that exists. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Absolutely. And there was no web TV. There was nothing to speak of in that Web regard. TV. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you, you would have, e- at that point, you had like emails, you know, and your title was like, you know, 15 characters. Like that was like emails were, you know. So you were all competing to be in the sort of the traditional Hollywood environment. Yeah. Right. And and you you you've been in movies and t- television and stuff like that. Had you thought that you had a lot of power then? Because it's changed. The creator actor role has changed rather significantly. I would say. I never thought about power. Honestly, mm-hmm. I thought about story. Story again. Like you go and you serve the story, and if somebody wants to offer me something, then that's wonderful. If I have to go audition for something like you know Devil in a Blue Dress or or whatever, then yes, I'll go audition. But. I just, I've never thought in terms of power dynamics. And what about the way it's distributed and where people watch it? Have you thought about that or the I format? literally, I think about the experience. In, in terms and of? And nine times out of ten, I don't watch it. Uh-huh. And I'm glad that people enjoy it. And, I'm, and I, you know, thanks to you, in, enjoy interacting with fans mm-hmm. uh, occasionally on, on social media. And it makes me happy to see their gratification in, in terms of the, how they experience the story, but it's it's always been about story. About So you think that stays no matter what technology is being used? Yeah, it's irrelevant. Like, you want people to see it. Certainly, for, from a business standpoint, it's important. But from an actor standpoint, it simply means I have more uh, venues to and more stories uh, that I can be a part of. Right. That's the one constant in mm-hmm. all of this mm-hmm. story. I mean, no matter what the distribution channels are, no matter where it's happening, whether it's film, television, whether it's streaming, cable, broadcast, it's still 
always about the story. But when you were making the show at the time, it was a very—what I'm trying to get to, because I want to talk about now, what the mm-hmm. difference between then and now. You had this environment where there were few stories of diversity. There were few stories and voices that were different. And it was a, it's a Hollywood, which is still largely run by white men, essentially, um, but the, not, not the ability to speak out in any way. It was, at the time— rare and bold, but it also was what we were there to do. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. how Showtime was trying to define themselves and distinguish themselves. And so the very fact that we were doing something that had never been done elsewhere and couldn't be done elsewhere, telling stories about a virtually unrepresented population was the thing that made it appealing to them. It was, I mean, I, I often said... As radical as it was to make a television show about a group of lesbian friends and lovers, the only reason the show got on was because it was about a group of lesbian friends and lovers. If I wanted to tell a story about a bunch of women friends, I couldn't have sold it. Mm-hmm. But I could, I could make this show because I was pulling back the curtain on an experience, on a culture, on a lifestyle, if you want to call it that, that hadn't been seen or or talked about in film and television. So when you guys are thinking about it, being an actor, when you were making this show, you were, we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like being a executive producer later, like what's the difference and how you think about the media right now. But when you're, you're, you're doing that, talk about the experience of doing it at the time, because it became sort of this a version of a viral sensation, it, but it was differently. You were more uh, uh, not attacked on streets, but attacked on streets. It was a very different feedback loop that you get from fans and things like that. Talk a little bit about what it was like then, and then we'll talk about what the experience is now. Well, we were really surprised at the success of it. I know that for me, when I this first. This is Leisha. This is Leisha. Alex, personal whatever you called me. Are you digging your I still want to ask you about your logo on your show on the new episodes, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was going to be sort of an underground, like almost like an indie movie at the time, like television version. I never thought it was going to become what it did. So I think when we all met each other, it was like lightning in a bottle, we often say, because it was the, the, the chemistry between all of us was incredible. And we knew we were making something really special. We just didn't know how the world was going to receive it. But we knew it was great. And we also filmed the show in Vancouver. So we were in our Canadian bubble and we relied Mm -hmm. on one another Mm -hmm. for for company and for dinners and for socializing. uh, Roommates. Roommates, yeah. (laughs) So it was a real uh, family atmosphere for six months, you know, up north. And because social media didn't exist, you didn't have that immediate Mm -hmm. reaction that you have now. I know that they used to have um, screener Nights, screener parties, were, mm-hmm. and they would make a night around the show, and that was very popular. And I know they're doing that now they as well. Are. I don't know if they it, are. Is it, is it is it at the same level as it yeah. used to be? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Is it? I love that. That's yeah. one of my favorite things. How it uh, creates community. It mm-hmm. creates community, but that's but but you'd have to see it physically to understand it, uh, right? Because you wouldn't be able to look at your phone and say, "Oh, look how many followers." The, yeah, the show none has. of that exists. Like I think there were message boards that we checked into. Like that at the was end it. Of the, yeah. Message boards. Yeah, right. there was the message and we're like, boards. Oh, right. Do you remember message it. boards? Well, and then there, are, yes, I remember there was our chart. Too. I remember four message boards. There yeah. was uh, you know AOL pioneered them uh, obviously, and then it moved 
forward. And then there was blogs. And then blogs started in certain, you know, you were super popular among the gay blogs. Um, but they were small. They were very small media. It was after Ellen, I think, that was, uh, that always would do recaps. Yes. That's how I met Liz Feldman, because she would do recaps. And I thought she was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that was, I think, the the nebulous, and then it expanded. But it's not at the level that things are at now. Well, what's mm-hmm. interesting about Elward to me is it did have that element of virality. Well, we talk, I had Eileen on stage at one of my events uh, talking about uh, Empire and Black Twitter and how it became popularized there, and it moved. It became a hit show in a very different way of the way it sprinkled through media. Yours was a version of that with the tools at the time, which was mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. um, message boards, a small small blogs and word of mouth, which is doesn't happen now. It's a very different environment. And so it was kind of an interesting phenomenon. And there there you can't say there were too many shows like that, that that it was an unusual thing because you have an affinity group that actually met online, which is interesting. And we're used to the tools. Gay people had been using these tools very early in order to meet each other. And so they had those links. But there was very little in terms of mainstream media in order to signal it. Um, you all didn't really pop into the mainstream media for quite a l- while, I think. Well, when the show debuted, mm-hmm. we got some mainstream media right. attention. Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. we got a cover of New, New York, York magazine, magazine. <laughs> before the show even debuted. Mm-hmm. But then it did remain very much a community phenomenon for a number of years before it, I, I wouldn't say it exploded. I think that it just kind of bled out. Mm-hmm. Well, I had so many. I had so many straight women come up to me and say how much they love the show, mm-hmm. and that it it just reminded them of their own friendships with their female friends, and mm-hmm. and that it. Uh, you, so you had a crossover audience in that. It was also because the original we had commentary, and so when 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 the characters were having conversations, commenting on. Being gay. On being oh, okay. gay and, 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 and the circumstances surrounding that, other people could relate to that in different ways, including straight women. Mm-hmm. They could, it was Yeah, just like a conversation between Shane and Alice, like, how do you spot a gay woman? And mm-hmm. then we'd break it down and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And it was kind of like teaching people in a, in a way, right? Mm-hmm. It's a gay primer. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that was was uh, important about it is to show these lives. I, I, I mean, you're going to hate my question is that that it was of its time though. One of the things we're going to talk about in the next section about what's changed and that and why where you you all went from there. Um, but when you look at it, one of the things that's harder when you don't have constant feedback cycle, which occurs now. Everything that happens on a show gets reacted to and reacted to, and I think you can't help as creators and executive producers and even actors not react to the reaction. Um, but you didn't. The, 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 the what, what do you think of that environment with the fan uh, back and forth? Well, it happened when we were making the original L word. Mm-hmm. When we started, none of it existed, mm-hmm. and it evolved over the course of time. So that by the time we finished, it was a thing. It was. Mm-hmm. It was understood to be one of the most important ways that the people that make shows interact with the people that watch them. Mm -hmm. Right in the middle, with the message boards and all the commentary, I was, you know, starting to feel what it's like with, you know, fans just enraged with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You really got it all. I put all came down on Eileen. She got hammered. Breaking up Bette and Tina was Mm -hmm. just one of the worst things I ever did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dana dying. 
That yeah, another one. and it all happened. It Carmen happened Levin. online in this new medium, and it happened in the world. I mean, I would get off planes, and there would be women standing in the airport running at me and saying, how could you break them up? <laughs> <laughs> but now it all happens online. But, but can, can I, I actually—go ahead, sorry. I was just going to ask, what was the impetus then for our chart? Were you seeing those comments and things that were yes. online and then trying to— This was con- a social media network we tried to start, yes. which I helped you with. It was, it was how Facebook. You, really. It was Facebook before Facebook. It was a good idea. It was even yeah. before Facebook, because when we first thought of it, it was MySpace. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. right. I mean, Right. And it started. Although I with, think we all agreed MySpace sucked, but we we did. But right. but we didn't know Facebook was coming. Yeah, you might have, but I certainly didn't. Mm-hmm. And it started as a storyline. Right. Mm-hmm. We were Alice, who would be the one to notice that this was happening. Said, "I'm going to do that. I want to start a lesbian MySpace." Right. Mm-hmm. And she did. And then every year I would have these meetings with Showtime as we were booting up the show in which they would say, so what are the what are the business opportunities? What kinds of kind of partnerships can we make out in the world? Products, things. And I said, well, Alice is starting a lesbian MySpace. What if we really do that? <laughs> and it was an idea well before its time. But yeah. the, the idea I was trying to get through is that there is a dialogue happening and that there is an affinity and that there will be groups where people want to communicate in ways that they didn't want to. And I think early is what you would say about a, a, a thing like that versus it, it was a, the correct idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then what happened is it, it leaped itself. So fa- then gays belonged at Facebook or gays belonged yeah. on Twitter. And so they didn't need a special site, which is really kind of interesting when you think about it. But the concept of being able to voice and have sort of a call and response is really an interesting one for a TV show to think about. Um, so and, it's then, and, and, and one of the things that I loved about it is that we wanted it to be also a repository for people's stories, mm-hmm. for yes. people to tell their That's stories. Right. And yes. so that at 3 a.m., if somebody was having an anxiety attack about their identity, they could go on this site and read the reams of other people's mm-hmm. stories and perhaps be comforted or inspired in some way. Well, I mean, you think about TikTok, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. People telling stories to each other or, or and some weird and some mm-hmm. interesting and some just dancing. Right. Like, it depends on what it is, but it's the same concept of what you're going to do. But you also didn't get as much feedback. Did that start to make you nervous, all of you? Uh, because, for example, the controversy you got was around trans, whether you were depicting when you were... We'll talk about diversity, hiring, and changes. Well, at the and time, we didn't get the controversy. Mm-hmm. There were a few people that might have taken issue with the portrayal of Max, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a controversy back then. Right. It, only it may is... have been you just didn't hear it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So go ahead. Finish what you're saying. But I mean, it's it's really in retrospect become a controversy mm-hmm. because now the rules have changed and we know better. And mm-hmm. I certainly know now that the way that we portrayed Max is not okay. Mm-hmm. But we and didn't know it then, and we went to great lengths to try and do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people seem to forget the world was different in 2005, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to sit there and, and look back and point the finger and say that was wrong. And yeah, it is in 2020, but at that time, that's what we knew, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the knowledge we all had. It's like looking back and seeing Jeannie Crane being cast in Imitation of Life. Right. It's absurd. Right, but absolutely. But at that time— People didn't think about it, Didn't I guess. think about it. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about what's different between then and now and what the new show is doing. We're here with Eileen Chaikin, Jennifer Beals, Catherine Menig, Leisha Haley from Showtime's The L Word, Generation Q. We're going to take a quick break now. We'll be back after this. 
Searching for what to stream next? HBO Max is where all of HBO meets the greatest collection of movies, shows, and Max originals for everyone in the family. Discover something fresh to watch with new HBO series like Lovecraft Country from Jordan Peele, Misha Green, and J.J. Abrams, or The Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. You can also jump into a new Max original like Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena and Chef, or The Flight Attendant, a dark new comedic thriller starring Kaylee Cuoco. Ridley Scott's even producing a new series called Raised by Wolves. Whether you want to rewatch classic favorites or finally get into that show your friends have recommended a thousand times, HBO Max has something for everyone. Start streaming today and find your next favorite. Download the app or visit hbomax.com to start your free trial. If you're an early adopter, you get that your devices and your connections need to be fast and help make your life better. But you might be forgetting one thing. Tech should be fair, too. Fairness isn't a new idea, but it is to wireless. That's where U.S. Cellular comes in. At U.S. Cellular, people come first. And that means a fast, reliable connection with no hidden requirements and no activation fees. They'll even pay you back for unused data. When you upgrade to U.S. Cellular, you upgrade to FAIR. Learn more at uscellular.com. Okay, we're back with uh, uh, people from The L Word, Showtime's The L Word, Generation Q. The people are Eileen Chaikin, Jennifer Beals, Catherine Menig, and Leisha Haley, uh, who had been in the original show and now are in this one. So what afterwards when it ended, when the whole thing ended, were you in jail at the end of last one? <laughs> Personally? No, I mean, no, no, no. Um, <clears throat> No, that we did a we did a spinoff that didn't get picked up where right. Alice was falsely accused of Jenny's murder and it right. was a prison pilot before Orange is the New Black where I was right. sort of the fish out of water. See, we were always ahead of our <laughs> you time. Ahead of time. <laughs> but you would have been wacky schemes in prison rather yeah, than you're sure. a pioneer, Eileen. A pioneer, yeah. always ahead of it. So, yeah. so you all went tale. you all went off. That's right. She was. You had this idea for Handmaid's Tale, which then later you passed on to another producer. Yeah, but I actually. In that case, I remained connected, connected to the show. To right. I had nothing to do with Orange is the New Black. Right. But Handmaid's Tale, you did yes. 100%. So you went off and did more things, including being the showrunner for Empire. Yes. Another big hit uh, on a network, really, a more of a network uh, situation. Just a network. A network. Fox, yeah. Fox was a I try network. not to think of Fox as anything. But, <laughs> um, but uh, so you went off and did do, doing things, but you had thought about coming back to this because you were thinking of movies. Well, I... Never thought the L word was over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just so much a part of our lives that I knew that it would live on in some way. And then we did the reality show, right. which was my idea, but it I, I'd never done reality television, and I'm, it's not really my my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, you know, I was I was involved You're in that one to be too. Polite. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, trying to, it sucked. But, but then, <laughs> then I, I moved on, and I wanted to do more stuff. Ed. But still, <laughs> but it's, it's okay. admirable that you tried different things. Yeah. Yeah. You don't stay yeah. in your you lane. You figured out what's not your wheelhouse. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But but Kate and Leisha and Jennifer also believed that the L word wasn't over. Right. And we would just talk about it from time to time. Should we make a movie? Should we do? And I sat down and started writing a treatment for a movie at one point, but I like television better, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so we just kept kind of pushing it off, but never letting it go. Mm -hmm. But they really were the ones that at a certain point just said, this has to happen. Right. There is nothing else. 
And I remember I went in, we went in with my friend Jenna Menking and, and showed you all the comments and the, you know, she presented all these different algorithms to track all the people talking about the L word. Still being talked about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Said it said it also that it didn't die within the fans' hearts. I mean, even walking down streets, people were always coming up to us and like, when are you coming back or why did it stop? You know? Well, then it, because it started to stream. It started streaming on uh, yeah. Netflix. And so mm-hmm. all these people were, were discovering it for the first time. And then you start to see the world change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you say to yourself, oh, there's all these amazing stories we can right. be telling right now. Right. So you all, don't, don't, you went off and did several series, correct? Mm-hmm. There and was some movies. And yeah. some movies. Yeah. And you went, went back, back to, to music. Went back Not to music. Not the smartest idea, but that's what I did. <laughs> and, I, and, and I did see you in Silicon Valley for one, yes, two or three you. episodes. Yes, that's right. Um, and then those are, those are nice guys. They were nice I guys. I loved it. Yeah. And then you were on a series, you, you've been on a series that was a pretty big hit. The, yeah, I was on Ray Donovan. Right, right. For right. six, six, seven years, yeah. Right. But, but you had still all thought you wanted to do this. And you wanted to be exe- to be the executive producers of it, correct? Have the control of it, yeah, or that, not? Yeah, yeah. Well, but that course. was also gifted to us by yeah. Eileen. It was not a gift. It was it was a reflection of what happened, of how mm-hmm. the show came to be in this new iteration and the roles that you all played. It was we we all did this together. It so took years. I think it's important it to a- have that position to carry the legacy. Yeah, to maintain certain. The way uh, it ideals, was. Yeah. So what, when you're doing that, when you do drag an older show into the future, essentially, you know, I don't mean to say. Oh my do you know, goodness! <laughs> you know what I mean? You <laughs> <laughs> when you when you roll a donkey, that's not going anywhere. When you're dragging that old Listen donkey, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, we know. Trying to revive when the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think about that? How do you think about refreshing it and thinking about the uh, the new way to do it? Uh, how, w- talk about the like the process of going in. What did you, what are the things you said we have to do it this way this time? Well, you're trying to figure out who are the new characters to tell the new stories, right? And how do you incorporate those new stories with our stories? And where are these people in ten years? And then you go on the hunt for somebody who can help tell those stories because Eileen was, um, you know, beholden to... Also, also, I feel like it was first important to figure out where we've been after 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be interesting to even watch. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. There right? was never a doubt in my mind that it would be interesting, but it was... But figuring it out was really challenging. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's the most exciting part of it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the thing that... As a storyteller, the opportunity to create these characters who have such vivid lives and then to say goodbye to them and then 10 years later to come back and meet them again Mm -hmm. and, you know, everything that happens in 10 years. I mean, as Jennifer said, the world changed. We went from not having marriage equality to having been through Barack Obama's presidency and then, you know, marriage equality here and then federal marriage equality. I mean, so many big, big things that happened that affected everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what happens in a relationship, in a career over the course of 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to well, meet these people 10 years later and talk about what they've been doing. Can you talk about the idea behind each of your characters of what yours makes the most sense, Kate, that you became a famous hairstylist. Does it? Um, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Because I, I have to be honest, I actually question that. I what don't know if I like do? that choice so much. Really? What mm-hmm. would you have wanted to, where would you think? That's Well, that's the, that's the hindrance with Shane is that she's such a nomad. She could be anywhere. Right. So, and, uh, so it's kind of, it's hard to find her anchor. And 
I think I gravitated to her being successful because we saw her down and out for so many mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. We needed that that shift. But once you have that shift and you have that power and you have that freedom, all right, well then, well now what? What, what are the stakes? So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I, I can't say... I can't say I'm sold on it, but I can understand why it happened. What, that would, way. what would be what been another choice for you? Well, we may be about to see Kate oh. make that change or Shane. Or Shane. Sorry. It's no, okay. Kate. Listen, I get called Shane on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back to that now, where I get stopped mm-hmm. and I'm just called Shane constantly. It's okay. totally fine. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe it could, we could have seen that happen. Like, but what would be your that. choice? Like, what, what would you have been? What? Like, a, you're not an internet executive. I mean, no, like... No, God, no. No. Something, no. God, no. <laughs> no, like something... No, I like, I like the fact that she's a hairstylist. I right. like that. I think right. that's a... I used to think that was... Um, that, that could get a little um, exhausting. I thought it was a weak choice. I thought it was a weak choice, but now I'm thinking back. Actually, I'm like, actually, that's a good choice because it gives that character movement and action, and it gets her out in the world and engaging with different mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. I'm, I actually want to go back and explore that, to be honest. And rock star girlfriend, which would be her wife, actually. Yeah, and the beautiful rock star girlfriend right. that, you know, we don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, Leisha. There two, what, there's still two episodes. No, I get it. I get it. I wish there were more. I, mean, I want to know uh, about yeah. why there's eight. Well, I'm just saying, uh, yeah, yeah, because it's it not away. like we, it's, yeah. But we can tell you why we only made eight episodes. Yes, I will. Right. In a second. So Leisha, I was right. very clear on what I wanted because I thought it was kind of obvious where Alice was headed. I think after Dana died, um, she was really never the same and sort of threw herself into her career. And mm-hmm. she was on a, a talk show that was much like The View towards the end of the series. and. Mm-hmm. She had been a journalist and a radio show host. Um, she would have been a podcast person. But, so we thought in the last 10 years she had a very successful podcast called mm-hmm. The Chart based on, you know, her her chart. Mm-hmm. And that I eventually uh, sold that to a network and they bought a TV talk show version. Mm-hmm. So me, essentially. So it's you. <laughs> uh, we just changed her name to Alice. And, <laughs> yeah. and she doesn't wear sunglasses and That's all true. Right. That's next season. <laughs> And I have, I'm telling you that logo I'm gonna is steal disturbing. That. <laughs> it's great. I, I honestly, the art department came up with that, and I loved it. For I the love second it. it came across yeah, our yeah, desk. Yeah. We were like, what? It's great. <laughs> what? Okay. And I love the mashup of the, the bet logo because we made oh, yeah. hats for everybody. Yeah, the mashup and, uh, Yeah, good. the mashup logos I want to get into your office as a mayoral candidate, but okay, this beautiful, your gorgeous office as a mayoral candidate <laughs> is fantastic. I've never seen such an office <laughs> from a politician. But why a mayor? Why mayor? I don't care. It's Hollywood. It's good for me. Well, I think that that's, you know, I was working, I always say I, but Bet was working in the in the Office of Cultural Affairs and mm-hmm. is an understanding of that and office and knows director. how it works and has always been involved with politics. Provocations was a political show, um, mm-hmm. you know, going in front of Congress and, and testifying, basically. You know, she's she's always been political. And I think that... After the breakup and after Kit died, you know, I think learning about the opioid crisis and seeing how it led potentially to the homelessness crisis and understanding how all of these issues are intertwined and wanting for the sake of her sister to do better, to be better, and Mm -hmm. for us all to be better Mm -hmm. was really important. And so it was a way to bring the emotional and, and give a platform for the thoughts and feelings that were going on. And Eileen, your role now, explain your role. There's a showrunner for the show. Yes. And she has decided the direction, presumably. Largely with, you know, in collaboration with her partners here. Right, right. But always the notion was, if we're going to bring back the L word 10 years later, that somebody new, 
some, I, I hate to say younger because mm -hmm. age has nothing to do with it. But and just, yet it does. But go ahead. <laughs> My kids know things I don't know, but go ahead. Yeah. That's but not. you could write, okay. you could write, you could yes, still, 100%. even if you're not 17, you can still write a 17-year-old. Absolutely. Of course. Right? So I think it's a matter of having somebody who's intrinsically connected to those stories. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it's mm -hmm. easier for them to, to um, access them. And, and also, you know, we're, we're taking on this proposition of telling multiple stories right. about LGBTQ life. Nice idea to let someone else with an experience of LGBTQ life sort of lead the charge because there are so many different ways of coming at it. So when I first proposed this to Showtime with Jennifer, Kate, and Leisha more or less kind of, you know, poking poking me from behind, <laughs> let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, um, I called Gary Levine, who's the president of Showtime, and said, what do you think about bringing back the L word? And he said, but you can't do that. You're under. You're in an exclusive overall yeah. deal with 20th Television. And I said, well, yeah, but I shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. It should be some, and I actually did say, some young lesbian who still dates, mm -hmm. um, who's got something, <laughs> you know, who's out in the world, who's, who's saying, you know, going to the things and doing the things and who knows what's going on. And, you know, I'll remain attached as, as an executive producer, along with Jennifer, Kate, and Leisha, who will reprise their characters. But this new person will come in and tell their stories and also build a new ensemble around them that reflects some different experiences. Right. And also diversity. This is like every mm -hmm. episode. It's like check, check, check kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And people who are being cast. How hard did you guys think about that as producers when you you wanted this? Well, thing? we wanted we're... to reflect the conversations that are going on now, you know. And and it's just so important to have that representation. We The one thing that we knew going in was where we would be, where Shane would be, where Alice would be, where Bette would be. Those, <laughs> when we were meeting with potential new showrunners, that was the given, okay? And so then the question became, what did they, how did they want to incorporate, you know, these new stories with... Into those. Yes, yes. Yeah. Also, diversity, it's, we're in 2020, that's the bare minimum of what we can do. Exactly. <laughs> like, what's we'll talk about that. What's important is character, <laughs> I think. So, um, I mean, I don't think any of us deserve a pat on our backs for diversity because this is the world we're in now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was a given. It was simply understood yeah. that the new show... it continues to happen again and again. Scarlett Johansson gets cast in everything, no matter what the character is, you know, or something like... But it's not like a new well, fresh... but she's also amazing. She, she is amazing. But at the same time, there every casting now has changed. The idea of what casting is and mm -hmm. who should be in the roles when you have a trans role, a trans person should play Absolutely. it necessarily. Yep. Um, and just the other day, Barbara Broccoli is doing James Bond was like, I'm going to always have a man here, but it doesn't matter if it's a man of color or whatever. It's, it's just an interesting debate going mm -hmm. on within casting circles. Do you do you think it's no, actually it's a, changed or what's the, what was the Bond thing? Oh, I that I she was that. saying it's never going to be a woman. There could be a double O, but not double O seven. Double O oh. seven's a man. Mm. So sorry, Jennifer. You'd be excellent. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you would make that's good it. casting. I know, isn't it? She would be. So, so when you think about the idea of casting has changed, how do you look at that? Because it has been a largely, you know, again, another white, you know, dom male dominated. I think it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. And when you go see Hamilton, for example, mm -hmm. it blows everything apart. Everything that you presumed about what should be, it just blows it apart. And so when you're looking at 
characters on the page, you can flip it around and make it male, female, trans, non-binary. You, it's, it, it opens so many doors to creativity, too. Um, I'm, I just get really excited about it. But what becomes tricky is when you're casting is figuring out um, how people identify without asking them. You know, you right. can't—I I don't think that's appropriate. To ask so, them meaning what? Well, to ask, you know, are you gay? You can't ask that when somebody walks in the room. No, I get that. But what you're looking for, what you're trying, do you think it matters to audiences God, that, yes. that part of it? That they, they know behind the scenes it that doesn't, you're trying I don't to. think it matters to audiences. And these are, these are subtleties. I don't think it matters to audiences that the actor playing a gay character is gay or straight or bisexual. I, I think that that particular facet of personhood doesn't matter to the audience, but it mm-hmm. certainly matters to the audience to see diverse representation. It matters to the audience that trans actors play trans characters. There is a difference. Hard to articulate exactly why or what that difference is, but we understand that there's a difference. Although, interestingly, you have a trans character who is, you don't, isn't playing a trans character, and you have a trans character who's playing a trans, a ter- trans I don't actor. I think that's the new territory that you're right. trying mm-hmm. to to. Yeah, it's it's almost like when you do something for the first time, you say things like you just said, I I noticed that you're checking all the boxes. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. always what happens. And in a couple of years, it won't be an issue. We won't be talking about it. All right. I mean, I was the only out gay one in the original. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't cast because I was gay. No. Right. Right. You were not. (laughs) You were not. You were not. So, no. It's the comb. I think it's about who. <laughs> <laughs> no, in spite uh, of the comb. In spite of it. No, I think I it's tricky. Comb. You just have to find who's right for the part that yeah. always comes down to that. Well, I want to end on this one. The idea, you know, one of the things I, I'm going to be talking about later today with Franklin Leonard and some others is the, because of these controversies around the Oscars, which we'll talk about in a second. But one of the things, they're always so surprised when a Black Panther does well or a Wonder Woman or <laughs> a woman's movie does well. And it's like, oh, it's like an outlier, when in fact it's because they're not addressing those audiences. People aren't seeing, like you're talking mm-hmm. about, they're not seeing themselves in the mm-hmm. stories, and then they're not seeing themselves depicted by the right people, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. or people like them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it has changed, and then you get the feedback loop of Twitter and everything else, and you start to see movements happen. Well, and there's so much nuance within the issues of representation, too. The ways that people look, the ways that people behave when playing those characters, the actors that, I mean, I won't get into it. It's its too tricky. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's what, though, too, what's interesting is that it's not just, you know, the issue of uh, diversity and representation of actors. It's the issue of diversity and representation of critics, mm-hmm. too, and, and across the board and, and executives and mm-hmm. writers, and that there's a synergy there to create movement. 100%. You know, so... Hopefully, all of that will will get which is something too. presumably you've done in your writers' rooms and everywhere else. You're absolutely, because one of the things that I've been arguing a lot is the reason the internet's not safe. It's because it's designed by people who've never been unsafe, and so oh, they don't even understand. Right. You know, if you've never had, if you've never been uh, a person of color or a marginalized person or a woman, you do not understand necessarily. Um, which I think is is. It's not an indictment on these people. It's that they, why would they know? Well, and it's natural that people in positions of power cling to their power and go to great lengths to protect, you know, and to create a bulwark against anybody else taking any of that power. But it's got to happen. Yeah, it's got to. Sometimes it's done even unconsciously. It's not even a conscious. Oh, I love. See, I call it conscious uh, bias. I think people do know what they're doing. Really, you think people are trying to protect their power? 
I think Regardless. They, they're willfully ignorant. Or is it just that they see themselves in someone else and they go, oh, I'm going to hire you because you look yes, like me? Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's where I, it's like in Silicon Valley, at least, and I think it plays out in Hollywood, is it's they talk about being a meritocracy when it's a meritocracy. Mm. You know what I mean? So, anyway, Yoda, Yoda. Thank you, Yoda. I will tell you the other tech things you need to know when we get back. <laughs> when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, producing in the modern age and also uh, some news that they have about things they're doing um, and that they also got a second season. And you uh, tell me where that Twitter pin is. I will get you the Twitter. We'll talk about the Twitter pin story in a minute. When we get back, we're here with Eileen Chaik and Jennifer Beals, Catherine Menick, and Leisha Haley talking about Showtime's show, which just got picked up again, the L Word, Generation Q. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are always ready to help you personalize your insurance plan so you can create a policy that fits your needs. You can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. And you can always call one of the State Farm agents in neighborhoods across the country. Get a great rate without sacrificing great service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, we're here with Eileen Chaik and Jennifer Beals, Catherine Menig, and Leisha Haley talking about Showtime's The L Word Generation Q. One of the things that Jennifer reminded me of a party I took her to, a Twitter party at CES. <laughs> I, when we were all at CES, when you were introducing our chart with, uh, of all people, Les Moonves. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jennifer and I were part of Les Moonves' keynote speech. I know. He trotted us out and put us on stage. Jesus, yeah. that guy. Good riddance. You don't have to say that. I can say it. Um, one of the things we did is we went to this Twitter party and uh, Jennifer charmed the Twitter pin off of several, one Twitter executive. I think it was Dick Costell. I'm not did sure. I? I yes, you did. No, no, you got kidding. I'm going to give it Las to Vegas, me. Like, during CES with you, it was like walking to, were, with Elvis. There were two great moments is that I, I introduced her as a an eBay executive because people <laughs> sort of recognized her. I said, oh, she's a eBay, you know, she's a well-known eBay And everyone was like, oh, yes, an eBay executive, which was funny. And then <laughs> did we, you not take me to that party? No, I did not take you that party, but I will take you, you to another internet party. I was there. I was, and in any case, um, we were there. And then the second part was the um, was the idea, the, the, the stuff we did talk about around uh, technology when we were going to Sundance or whatever. So when you're producing this now, what is is that? Do you feel the pressure from a virality of using the internet? What is what is like as producers? Do you think about? Like you were talking about, you don't care about anything of the story, but it does, the distribution well, matters. You have I, Apple I, here, I knew, you've got Netflix. I knew enough to keep Tina coming back a secret, mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, so that there could be a buildup. Right. Because there, there are so many groups that love this couple so much, and they were very angry that she wasn't there. And, you know, she wasn't there because Laurel Holloman has gone on to become an extraordinary painter with mm-hmm. a, a very meaningful uh, international career and mm-hmm. was not available. So I knew enough to hold that back so that when it did come out, it would just be like a lovely surprise and mm-hmm. a gift that that people could celebrate online. But when you're thinking as as producers and actors and creators, now you have Apple TV. You've got, you know, Jennifer Aniston over on Apple TV with the Reese Witherspoon. You've got Netflix, which is producing something every five seconds, essentially. Mm. Um, you've got Google's going to be getting into it more significantly. And, you know, and Disney, of course, has bought Fox. And so... Uh, it's peak TV. And, and, and it's Disney Plus. So it's not just peak TV, it's peak content, really, in a it's, lot of ways. There's just, but it's, there's so much content. So as a producer and an actor, how do you look at that now? Like, yay, it's good for us, we get to be in everything? Or? Yeah, I think it's overwhelming, but if if you don't make a good TV show, nobody's going to watch, no matter where you put it. So I think that's... It goes our- back to story mm-hmm. and constantly mm-hmm. 
going after story. And I think the difference in the piece of the puzzle is really that uh, social media is is like another arm of letting people know that the story is there mm-hmm. and talking about different parts of the story that perhaps weren't addressed in the episode itself. But it's really, you know, letting... It's the evangelical part. Well, there's the social media the part, news. which doesn't create the content. And then there's all these tech companies now as content creators, as as funders about... Uh, do you trust oh, them? Oh, I see what you're saying. It, yeah, I, I get excited two about parts. it. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's a lot more we could do, and, and we have a lot of ideas that we could... It's almost like how our chart, like how Alice had the chart and it became something real. I think there are things on the show that could become real. That Dana's could, could be a pop-up <clears throat> bar. Right. A yeah. pop-up um, bar. There right. could be a real talk show. There could be... You know, so talk about so explain your thing, what you're thinking about doing, because what 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 happens is that that everyone's an entrepreneur. You're that's what you're talking about. Yeah, and in the old is. days, you all got. I think I called you overpaid, salaried employees at one point. You should be more. <laughs> entre- I was trying to get you to be more entrepreneurial. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, uh, so the, the concept of what I was doing in reporting was being that word is reportpreneur, which is the worst word on the planet. But the idea that you have more agency. That you within Hollywood now, then you didn't used to have to just be sitting on top. You know these giant corporations sitting on top of you. So talk a little bit about that. What are you? What are you doing? So you guys are going to be entrepreneurial now. We're very entrepreneurial. It's entrepreneurial. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, ironically, the thing we're doing really goes back to community and FaceTime. All right. Okay, it, so people goes, in person. It goes back to people and being able to touch one another. Literally mm-hmm. in person, but not in a um, Me Too kind of way. <laughs> not no, no, no. no just, just a, be just a handshake. Yes, maybe, maybe a, a hug, maybe, maybe from time to time. Oh, yeah, hundred exactly. percent less sexual harassment. Um, okay, yeah. Right, I mean, good. there there are lots of other tech-oriented opportunities that I'd like to think we're going to be taking advantage of. But the thing we're doing is just um, an idea that. Leisha, was it was it you, Leisha, who had it initially, or yes. the three of you together? Well, I I knew I know a woman who was in the convention arena, and we've been talking for years. And I approached these guys about let's let's do something surrounding the L word. Mm-hmm. So we've we're launching something soon. What? Tell me what? It, well, tell me what it is. It's called Elcon. Oh my and god! And it's we're we're gonna start. Oh, <laughs> you like the title? <laughs> yeah, I do. I have to think about it. Um, we're going to start as a night, and we're, we'll be touring all around America as well as Europe, I'm, I'm assuming, um, where we have a panel. We get together. We bring ourselves plus some cast members and talk about everything L-word-centric, do pictures, autographs, and then eventually over time grow it to a, a, a broader idea. A, a lifestyle holy, brand. Holy yes. William Shatner. Tell me more. <laughs> do you approve, Karen? I do. I think it's interesting. I'm, okay. gonna, I, you know, I'm not going to immediately lick you up and down like many people do in Hollywood, but I like the. I like. I think well, it's a great we, idea. That's why we I, like you. For yes, the exactly. I like. I like the idea. I like. I think you. I think analog. As you know, I've been doing events, and we're doing live versions of this. We're doing live versions of Pivot, um, and we did one that my partner in my other podcast, Scott Galloway, we sold it out in. 14 seconds Mm -hmm. because people are desperate to see us in person and interact with Mm -hmm. us. And we get mobbed by people at these things. And it's a, it's really fascinating that the analog L, I think it's critical to have an analog. Mm-hmm. People want to yeah. meet you and they want to ha- get some value from the... Rela- There's a relationship now between... Uh, shows and people now in a way that never existed. And there's a truth and a trust that takes place in that analog space that maybe is different 
in a digital space. Mm-hmm. And you've always been our guru for all of our business <laughs> ventures, so we're, we're looking always... to you. Well, no, but it's a great idea. I'm not sure if I like the name Elcom, but I kind of do. I think I do. I have to think about it. No, I like it. Actually, I do. It's, okay. it's simple. It's simple. It, it gets to the point. Gets, right. I like a simple. Yeah, what else I, are we going like to call a, it? Come on. Right. Yeah. So, so the idea is that you would go on in these in these shorter term kind of things, and because they're they're sure, has, it's that like has happened. Venues, I mean, Star it, Trek has had that. But, sure. But this is like a podcast tour. I've seen podcast tours sure, of and, less yeah. fame fill up right. theaters, like the one. And in, we'll film them and you know put them online, but. It's really about the connection with the people. You could even do topical things on yes, of exactly. that week because I think yes. that's what's really important. One of the things that's is, like that you you'd have to enter, even though you all don't love to move into politics, but politics is the oxygen right now in, mm-hmm. in today. And a lot of th- issues on your sh- and by the way, you're running for mayor, like homelessness. You don't have mm-hmm. to necessarily go right to Trump and be like uh, you, if you don't want to have an opinion about him. But you, you're talking about homelessness on the show, or you're talking about income inequality, or you're talking about whatever you're dealing with on the show. Um, Social equity is always going to be a central theme for all of us, whether we hit it head on or whether it's just in the kind of ethos of mm-hmm. the stories we tell. Yeah, topical. And I think we talked also about having guests come, you know, guests yeah. who aren't necessarily on the show. Exactly. But who, yeah. Or you can bring past guests, too. Like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm sure Jane sure. Lynch is doing nothing. So, <laughs> Jane, Jane Lynch, I just talked to her last night. Um, they, uh, Jane is was a character on the show. I'm a yes. yes. character, yeah. but great. She was, yeah, she was uh, great. fantastic. Uh, she and was then a great went on character. to do uh, Glee and other things. Um, but you could bring back uh, old characters. Yeah, you could bring your pal. Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino would be. She'd be great. She'd love that. Yeah, she was on the show. I noticed that. Did you like interviewing Megan? I did. I, I, I did two podcasts with Megan uh, well, Rapino. Okay. But I thought, is she doing copying? Well, I'm so playing much? you, but I'm yes, a little behind I you. I have to I see, see what you do and I'm going to copy you. You did a really nice job with her. <laughs> She's great. You. She's a terrific person. Fantastic. She really she is. She was my number one uh, first guest. Idea. You got yeah. another big one coming up. I have to say, that's the one I'm most excited about. I think yeah. me, I'm yeah, very that was excited. Very, I was so And I'm really so mad at myself that, um, I, I didn't, that I didn't show up that set what? To, yeah. to, to, to introduce myself. I think she wants to meet you. I will introduce you if you'd like. Do you know who we're talking about? No, we're talking no. about... Oh, I'm, not talking about about, I'm not talking about... Megan Rapinoe. She's amazing. I think you knew Megan a little bit. I did a shoot with Megan a bunch of years ago. So we spent a weekend in... This is a surprise one. Yeah, yeah. Alice out. has one other uh, guest that comes in, and I think in, it's in the finale. Pelosi. No. <laughs> Pelosi. <laughs> Pelosi. But no, bring people like that. That's, Why not? that's when Shane is going to run off with Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. You know All right. She's a uh, badass. Let yeah. me just say. Yeah, she is. I know her very well. She's a badass. And what she did she's this week, awesome. uh, you guys don't have to talk about what she did this week was so brilliant mm. in All terms time. of. She's playing yep. 3D chess and everybody yeah, else playing checkers. Or we can get AOC fo- to come in and talk about the green. New Green Deal, yeah. AOC would be great. Yeah, would, be I mean, amazing. you know, that's what I mean. Make it topical. Like, bring yeah. in real people in real life to have, yeah. like, to give people a real show and value. I think it's a great idea. I think you'll be multimillionaires from it. It'll be really <laughs> good. <laughs> it's not about that. Jennifer, I like this for you because you've always been not sort of pushed away social media. So pushed away, like, you, you I were just, like... I put my toe in the water. Yeah, like it's photographs like, okay. and things this like that. Right, and people... What's amazing is the community. Yeah. You know, and how people meet each other on... On your feed and and 
uh, get to know one another and sometimes get married. And uh-huh. for a while, Do they were always doing Wellness Wednesdays, and, and Jennifer which has started a, has talking mostly service. about. <laughs> well, that was another thing we were going to do, actually. Remember that? Wow. Never mind. A dating we'll service. We'll talk about yes, it later. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, Jennifer's, in yeah. my perception, always loved the L Word community deeply and has been really engaged. She's just cautious about where I'm shy. I'm the shy right, one. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I think but it I, but it's, I, um, I love the followers are amazing. Like you'll post a picture in the forest and then you're like where no one could find you. But, mm-hmm. like, but <laughs> well, because here. that's yeah. where I am. Exactly. <laughs> I guess I just love being in the middle of nowhere. That's my favorite Although, thing. Although, do you have an iPhone? The Hermit. You have an iPhone. Oh, the only reason I have an iPhone is because I went to your birthday party and someone saw me with a Blackberry and performed an intervention. Yes, immediately. Was me, I, think. I think it was. Um, <laughs> by the way, there are significant locations probably still on on your phone right now, but I'll just no, turn them no. off. No, I turned off all my No, not so, you don't know where significant oh, locations are. We're going to do the deep dive. We're yes, gonna do we're going to do I'm taking off significant locations. Okay, you know, Apple does you. track everywhere you tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Do you now let me finish up talking about sort of some of the things you guys use from a technology as as actors and think I want to think about media when you think about how it changes. If Amazon came to you and wanted to do a big show, you would be happy taking Jeff Bezos's money and stuff like that. You feel good about these tech companies coming in and doing yeah. uh, doing I mean, the investment. money we take is dirty no matter where we take it from. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, right. that's just that's just right. a fact of life. Mm-hmm. What about if Facebook wanted to make something? I just, I, I, it depends on I what the content. It depends on you what it's. Yeah, the I don't, I'm not on Facebook. You're not. Do you use Instagram? Mm-hmm. They own Instagram. I know they do. Yeah, but you don't care that one. I mean, care. Yeah. Like, like Eileen said, everything's dirty. Right. Okay. What All right. So do? when you think about media and, and where you're going to be, so you're going to do live events, the shows themselves. Do you do you see yourselves doing a podcast and things like that? Are you trying to talk about that? Yeah, yeah actually. We've, 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 we've talked about doing um, an after an, an, af, uh, an, an after, after show. show. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a great well, idea. Well, the Elcon is so scalable and the whole a hundred percent, and you could then do it. Just this is just an idea from the top of my head for other shows. Mm-hmm. If you get the the the, um, the infrastructure in place, yeah. you can then plug any show into it. And right. I feel like the four of us too will do many other things, and some of them together. I mean, Jennifer and I have another project that we're producing, mm-hmm. and I think about working with. Alicia and Kate all the time on other projects, and I just have no doubt that we'll do other things, some of which might emerge from the L word and some of some might be whole new cloth. And you all think about that all the time. Oh yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. So last let's finish up. You got the second season. You're doing you did eight shows, which seems short. And so the reason that we did only eight shows is because Showtime is one of the truly good places to make television. They're just they're so humane. I don't know any other place that would do this. They made they ordered eight rather than ten because the new showrunner, Marja Lewis Ryan, and her wife were having their first baby. Oh, wow. And they wanted to give Marja a little bit of breathing room. And so they said, we're just going to do eight episodes because we think you can handle that and have a baby. Mm-hmm. And also, we didn't shoot a pilot first to wait to see if it got picked up. We went straight to series. So yeah. what everybody was learning along the way. Mm-hmm. Right. Some and more so than what others. does the next season mean? The ten. Ten. More, ten more. And where do you hope it goes? Where do you all hope it goes in terms of story? Is there in area areas you really think are important? Jennifer, why don't you start? Well, I, I definitely want to continue the Bettina uh, co-parenting story. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're going to talk about that later this evening, actually. We are. <laughs> we, do, we have a dinner. Yeah, I mean, it's about we our storyline. such yes. early days. We really have no idea where the stories are going to go. We just know that, you know, by the time 
the last are you going to win there. the mayorship? Do you think? Is it? Are you going to be mayor? and find out. Oh, that would be. That's a lot of work. But this was a first season show. I think we have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, we really wanted to give Marja all the room to tell her stories, and we let her do that. And I think that now we're. I think it's about really building H- what we started. In. And making it bigger and better. What about for your character? My favorite scenes are you and the kids. <laughs> yes. You are so perfectly awkward. It's, they, they make, well, they we've crack opened me up. up polyamory, so I, I'm I'm interested in exploring that a little further yeah. because it's such a great opportunity to tell so many good stories. Um, I don't know if that's going to be Alice's comfort zone and where she lands, but. I don't think we're done exploring it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, with just the kids. Oh, just, just the kids. <laughs> you and your awkwardness around the kids. It's, it's, it's tragic. Are you in that situation? Because you're playing it perfectly. No, I never wanted kids. Maybe it's showing. Really? <laughs> I'm Shane having was great with the kids. Yeah. 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 One of my favorite yeah. scenes is Shane you guys is dealing with, with your, your stepson. When you know what I realize is that the whole yeah, this so season, fun. this is like, this season, Shane says, oh, I don't want to have a kid. I don't want to yeah. have a kid. However... And I know this because the fans have brought it up. Like, this is, like, you, you can't put anything past the fans. Right. Like, they're just too damn smart. Mm-hmm. And they all go back, and they're like, wait a second. But she babysat. She took such good care of her brother. And then mm-hmm. and, and then they brought up a season where you and I are having a conversation, and you ask me if I want kids or if Shane wants kids. And Shane says, yes, I do. Oh. So it's like they went someone back. didn't do back their homework. Back to the videotape. Because <laughs> it was on videotape or something that you had to go back. God, I so, don't even remember that. Do you remember I didn't remember it either. Fans did. Uh-huh. You can't. Like, I'm, I'm, what season is that? I don't remember. I don't. You should ask the fans. They'll be like, "Oh, it was this episode." I know. But I don't think so that good. anybody should expect Shane to be completely consistent. No, sure. of course not. Right. You don't have to be consistent. There's a moment. I suppose so. I guess a lot could happen. So you in 10 see years. kids. Ten. I'm having all the kids for I'd, all of you. Is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to see Shane straddled down with some kids? You'd look adorable at a baby Bjorn. It would be nice. Yeah, maybe for like an episode or two. And then oh, you're like, really? all right, you well, now what? Get rid what? of them. Exactly. <laughs> so then you're like, all right, now what? I don't care. We're going to watch you be a you're mother totally to a little my baby. Story and we're going to steal everything it's about so your story. Easy. And I'll it's organize so, a shower for it's you. It's so easy. It's so easy There's to have no children. No, you could incorporate it. You could do a whole storyline of really old people having babies. See, it's it's a trend. It's a trend line right now. It is now. a trend. Is, is there a name for that? What do you is there a name for that? Old, ba- old gabies. What? Old gabies? A younger wife to have them. Well, yes, that's true. That's a fair <laughs> point. But lesbians can do that. What's really interesting about me having this baby is everyone, all the straight women over 50 or over 45 are all like, I want a baby. Like they suddenly want it. They have. Well, you, you know, have set, to be. You have seven. to be a lesbian. Then. That's what I said. I said yeah. you're going to have to become a lesbian and get a. You know, somebody year. could adopt a baby. That's true. That's exactly true. That's true. And in any case, but yeah. so, <laughs> let me move on from this. The last thing is when you think about interacting with the the, the cast, and I, I know you don't use the younger, but you have a younger group of things. Bringing those together. Is that going to be more of the show, or do you have to have these separate kind um, Well, of- again, this is a question that should go to Marja, the mm-hmm. new showrunner. Right. But there certainly will be more of it. I mean, I think in our lives, we're not divided. Right. And it's the beauty of the show and of community, and especially in the LGBTQ communities. Mm-hmm. I think that we're not divided by many things, certainly not by age and 
we've just begun to tell those stories, and these people are just starting to get to know one another. But I have to imagine that they're going to continue to be part of one another's lives, and some of those friendships and bonds will deepen. And you, go if ahead, it, yeah, if we don't, if, if they don't become closer friends, I mean, that's what the whole show is based on is friendship, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're missing the mark. And in terms of, of where it's going, you want to do it 10 seasons, five seasons? I mean, um, why are you looking at me? I'm looking at you. Because <laughs> we're right across from each other. I see you, Carol. Um, you never you. see me, Jennifer Fields. I see you right we now. Definitely want, we want this to go on for quite a while. Yeah, and I love this idea. I got to say, now I'm thinking about it while. Yeah, I'm geriatric. Here. It's always hard to get cut short. <laughs> I mean, even the six <laughs> seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Cheating in the old folks' home. <laughs> you know what? Old folks' home. A lot of Are shit crazy. goes down. I know. They're I crazy. Know. Don't even they're think wild. they're wild. It's wild. It's wild. I know. Hell for a generation. That's, that's, dead that'll be the tenth season. Well, and that's going to be <laughs> a, a new business opportunity too. We're going to be yeah, starting problem. Right. Exactly. You know. You know the new. What's the, the new? I just realized because I just did have a baby. But the new generation is called Generation Alpha. I think. Alpha? Alpha is what? people being born now. Because my kids are so, Gen Zs, uh, not millennials, and then the next ones are alphas. Alpha do we have to name them? Who yes, names we them? do, Jennifer. Why? Why do we have to Listen, name you know, them? We're not getting into this right now. All right. No, honestly, in any case, it's part of guys, the problem. I, I, it's part of the divisiveness. Okay. All right. Do you want to get into that topic? No. Why not? Okay. No, no, no. Uh, are you going to be watching the impeachment hearings today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Speaking of divisiveness, um, I'm not going to get into politics right now, but I hope you win your mayoral race. I'm Thank really you. excited about the show. I love your idea, Alicia. I love your idea. You well, are, it was our idea. We're you are a tiny little Bill Gates. This is really great. Oh, he's, he's not really entrepreneurial, actually. You're a tiny little Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> You're Marcia <Wait>. Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> No, I like the idea. I think it's great, actually. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the show. You guys are great. You've always been great. And I think the show is terrific. It's really doing well. And congratulations on being picked up and all your ideas. Thanks, Thanks for Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. It's so good to see you again. Thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My executive producer, Eric Anderson, is at Erica America. My producer, Eric Johnson, is at Hey Hey ESJ. So let's go around the room. Tell everyone where people can find you online. Eileen first. Um, guys, it's horrible. You gotta wow. remember. Eileen Shaken on Twitter. At um, Eileen Shaken. At Eileen Shaken. You're welcome for that. And thank that you, Kara. Kara set it up. <laughs> at the Jennifer Beals. At Leisha Haley. At Kate Manning. All right, good. And anywhere else for the L word is, what, what does it have? Um, show. S H O. Underscore. underscore. Oh my God. The uh, yeah, L we, we, they tried to make it easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, is that right? Yes, Did I get that right? Oh, you'll find it. Just put it in the like, search. Find it in the search. Yes. Yeah. Ah, Jennifer, the old tech person here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, and make sure to check out our other podcasts, Pivot, Reset, Recode Media, and Land of the Giants. Just search for them in your podcasting app of choice or tap the link in the show notes. Thanks also to our editor, Joel Ravi. Special thanks to Garden of Sound in Los Angeles for hosting us today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Friday. Tune, Tune in, in then. then. Oh. <laughs> HBO Max brings all of HBO to your fingertips, plus an epic list of new Max originals. Whether you're into animation, classic movies, or binge-worthy series, HBO Max's suggested collections are curated by real humans, not robots, so you find the right thing to watch every time. 
With thousands of options for you and the family to choose from, it's the streaming platform of your dreams. HBO Max, where HBO meets so much more. Start streaming now at hbomax.com. Hold up. 